What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk Talk about about it. it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much once again for listening. Um, I'm going to just say this up top, as I always do, but with a little bit more anger. Please give us five stars in a review on iTunes. Um, I feel like y'all f- have fallen off on that. I feel like matter. you guys are we like have five more episodes of the show. What are they going to do? I know, but I really They're would like ch- to end this show with a more review. I want a thousand. You I want one thousand. I'm not going to change the algorithm. The algorithm has moved on without you people. And, uh, <laughs> we accept that about you i mean but this you know this show is evergreen at any point that you could pick it up and listen to mm. it and i would like that to happen so okay. go on to the store actually i also noticed this other thing um if you go onto the apple like itunes uh podcast store um it'll show you like it'll recommend podcasts mm. that your friends texted to you <laughs> really so- yeah, yeah, it was like from Vince, and then it was like some you know weird podcast that it is probably sucks. And oh, okay. um, well, you have bad taste. Recommend the pod yourself a gun to yes. all your pals out there. Just start texting pod yourself a gun to your friends, mm-hmm. and and force that'll force them to listen to it because it'll remind them. Anyways, those are you know just up top of some announcements for you. You. Yeah, would, I'd really like you to help us out. We're almost done with this. Come on. You can do it. Five stars interview. Okay. Today, Vince and I and a guest are going to be talking about from season 6B, episode 3 of The Sopranos, Remember When. And our guest today is a Ooh. returning... Oh, what? I was going to set you up. I was going to say, who's our guest today, Matt? Oh, that's I, good. I, I am. Like... I am <laughs> well, <guess>. Fuck. <laughs> are we going... No. Uh, our guest today yes. uh, is a returning champion of Pod Yourself a Gun. He is a writer and a podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Schilling is back on the pod. Hey guys, thanks hey, for the up? completely mangled introduction. Mm. I feel I was, respected. 
that was on you guys. I was doing a great job. I didn't I didn't need anyone to tee me off the way Vince tried to do. To and then you, you came on. in too early. You were stumble bumbling around here. Uh, dude, who's a guy we got? What's the, what's no, the word? A G know, word I... for a person who comes into your house <laughs> or on a podcast and they're not regular. They're just like a, what's it, a guest? Guest, a guest. A friend. Listen, <laughs> I, it's a friend and a guest. And I think I, after however many, a thousand episodes of this podcast. A thousand? I think there's been a thousand. It feels like there's been a thousand. Um, I I can safely say that uh, people just skip the intro. So yeah, why <laughs> don't we point, skip the intro then? Just we marined it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. You know, this is our version of just talking about our cat or whatever Mark Marin does. Does that? Does he still do that? I don't listen to that show. Yeah, okay. neither do I. There was a time where I did though. Yeah, a lot of people used to. I mean, sure, people still listen to it, but uh, you know, I don't need to hear him wax uh, poetic about the comedy store again. Yeah, we know After who everybody's while, guys like... are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got new guys. There can't yeah. be any more guys. That's the problem. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear who's yeah. who's who's guy We're all anymore. Stocked up on guys. We're stocked up on guys. Guys are Louis C.K., <laughs> Bill Cosby, and Crystal Leah. Oh, Richard Jenny's great. <laughs> I feel like Richard Jenny did nothing wrong, oh. um, and yet the only one out of the those you named who committed suicide. Anyways, um, <laughs> do you? <laughs> do, God damn it. Uh, speaking of tragedy, um, do you like The Sopranos? I do. Yeah, I I I answered this question the first time I was on. Yes. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still I like it? The, I love The Sopranos. It's great. There's a, a a lot of great episodes of The Sopranos. Um, I'm not sure if the one we're talking about today is one of them, but mm. you know what? We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it. it. All right. That's fair. Sometimes you like it. Sometimes you don't. Now, uh, you yourself um, like The Sopranos. Sure. Well, that's been our uh, interview for today. Uh, I think. <laughs> Great job, Matt. I always say how much this segment is a good idea and you should keep doing it. <laughs> Speaking of this segment ending, um, we cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, today, once again, we're going to be talking about from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode 3, Remember When, which uh, premiered. On April 22nd, 2007, Vince, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. While forced to lay low in Miami, Tony begins to question Polly's loyalty. Junior and Phil Leotardo make moves to gain power in their respective territories. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Those are those. That's what happens. That is true. That is true. One is in New York. The other is in some sort of prison mental institution. Um, 
But what was happening at the time, Vince, that this episode uh, premiered? Oh, yeah, Matt. I think what you're trying to say is that, uh, you know, when you're evaluating uh, art, you uh, must take it in the context in which it was produced. Yes. Right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and uh, we got to add some of that context back in. So we're going to go all the way back to April 15th, 2007, tax day, uh, in the wow. Remember When... Wow. Hey. <laughs> Remember when is the lowest form of conversation? Hey, that's oh, the sure. episode. Sure. We yeah. finally I'm taking we, too long. All right. I we both take too long. Yeah. I'm just saying we both but we, we did this is the episode with the with the lunch forget it. Yeah. Uh a few things happening. Uh it was Jackie Robinson Day. Uh that is uh the sixtieth anniversary, I think, of when he joined the uh major leagues 1947 april mm. 15th 2007 if i did the math right um, on tax day yeah on tax day uh other things that were happening there was uh, some anti-putin protesters getting beaten by police in moscow mm-hmm. well this didn't happen today this no. happened <laughs> in the past believe it or not they've been protesting this guy for decades now yeah. boy Hundreds were detained, including the organizer, Gary Kasparov, after defying authorities to hold a protest march. That is the chess guy, and he believes in some kooky theory where the, the Middle Ages didn't happen. I don't know why They that's... didn't? Ha- what do you mean? Yeah, he doesn't believe that the Middle Ages happened, that there was like... That, what are, that we what added, are the Middle Ages? That we added like 600 years of history or something. Oh, man. He, he just like, we fast forwarded through that part? Yeah, it's a mistake to count them. They didn't happen. I don't remember. Right. I don't remember so his whole deal. It's kind of like the Will and Grace reboot is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We yeah. just tacked some extra stuff on and ignored the rest. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. weird. I don't it's think a, I agree it, with that. Yeah. It's uh, what if and just like that was the whole show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was never a Samantha and there was yeah. always a Che Diaz. Exactly. And Che Diaz <laughs> was there all along. Um, uh, other things. I'm bisexual. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what a good joke. Right. Uh, Iran mm. announces plans for two new nuclear power reactors. Okay, this again, this is from the past? Yeah. Yeah. This I is, mean, man, it's almost like history repeats itself. Yeah, time is a flat circle. When it comes to uh, American foreign policy uh, in Iran, it's been the same story Every year for the last 30 plus years is yeah. is just like, Iran's about to do it. They're going to make a nuke. You watch. <laughs> and it's like, I don't I don't think so. I keep reading this story and they keep not making a nuke. And meanwhile, North Korea is like, yeah, we've been at a nuke every time. Mm-hmm. So I'm <laughs> um, just saying. You know we always keep that motherfucking thing on us? Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, stay packing heat over in North Korea. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if the th- if the theme of today's Remember When machine is like, is this really the past? Uh, I got a wow. perfect story. Like, this is another one that feels like it could have been written yesterday. This is from the New York Post, uh, and it's entitled "The Nine Hottest Celebs on the Web." Uh, so these oh, are boy. these are the hottest web celebrities of two thousand web labs. Yeah, number who's one. The, who's who's getting wanked on? So two thousand seven. Wait, can I guess? Let me guess. Okay, it's two thousand seven. Andy Samberg. No, <laughs> Andy <Okay>. Circus. No. <laughs> I feel uh, Heather. Fair, I deep throat. I feel fairly <laughs> confident that at most you may get one of these, but most likely zero. 
it was is Heather I Deep Throat on there? No, sadly. I do remember um, her. Um uh, Falco. No. Uh number one. Jenna Tila Marbles. T- Tila Tequila. <laughs> of course, yeah. Online oh, yeah, pinup that's... turned pop diva. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> In between personally coordinating her hyper-popular MySpace page, at last count she had 1.79 million friends, and posting daily video and text to blogs, MySpace superstar and burgeoning pop sensation Tila Tequila (laughs) has become a triple threat. Oh, fuck. She's now a quadruple threat in the... uh, She added uh, anti-Semitism to... And flat... She's a flat-earth Satanist uh, anti-Semite. She's got a... She's got that's like four threats added to the singing and dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gonna be a senator soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I know she's getting close. Wow. Number two, Trent Venegas, the I next big gossip blogger. Uh, no idea. Venegas. I mean, that sounds dirty. Yeah, it does. Trent Venegas, 32, Venegas probably, a school teacher from Detroit, started his celebrity obsessed website, Pink is the New Blog. In 2004, as an exercise in writing daily. Today, the site, which is like a kinder, gentler version of Perez Hilton's snarky blog, attracts more than 200,000 unique hits daily. Okay, well, let I'll me be. guess another one. Um, that Spoon Fingers cartoon, is he in there? <laughs> this one, uh, number three. Like spoons? Okay. This is apparently a person known as Secondhand Serenade. After eight years of playing bass guitar with various West Coast bands, John Vasili picked up an acoustic guitar, scraped together just enough money to pay for eight days of studio time, and recorded a 10-track album called Awake in the summer of 2005. I don't know who that is. A few short months after uploading his tracks on a MySpace account, Vasili, who goes by the stage name Secondhand Serenade, became the number one unsigned band on the site. I feel like we started this podcast at the wrong time. We should have started because I you, imagine how popular my Sopranos parody songs would be in 2007 oh, yeah. America. Yeah, but you couldn't have thought of them then. There wasn't enough. That's true. Cultural context. Um, That's true. Yeah. So then these next four are all going to be household names by now. Uh, number four, Job for a Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> Spon- huh? SpongeBob video propels band into big time. Okay. <laughs> you don't remember the song nope. Knee Deep? As a soundtrack no. to a spoof SpongeBob SquarePants video clip on God YouTube. God fucking damn! I'm telling you, I would have been huge. I would have been huge. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But Wait. you and Chocolate Rain. I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like you're gonna know this next one though. You might not okay. have known the last All one. Right. All okay. right, number five, Cobra Snake. I remember Cobra Snake. Net centric shooter, shooter turns paparazzo. No, I don't know Cobra Snake. He took, he took a lot of uh, uh, like party photos, and he had like a. Like a secondhand store in Hollywood. Mm, yep. Um, and his, huh. Yeah. I, he was. He hung out with uh, you know a lot of teenagers, which was kind of weird. I'm his, sure that's normal, and everything yeah, turned out good with him. Uh, his gritty, candid shots feature celebs like Perez Hilton, Paris Hilton, Jarvis Cocker, and Johnny Knoxville. Hunter has mm. even cultivated the power to make and break fin- fringe celebs. His former intern, the street urchin-esque 17-year-old Corey Kennedy achieved brief fashion fame a roster of celebrity friends like Lindsay lohan a dedicated cool kid following and modeling gigs after being photographed by hunter at parties in la yeah i remember this very well i want to i want an example of when he destroyed a celebrity though oh he took me down 
Oh, he single-handedly prevented me from ever being a model. That's how you ended up on Pod Yourself a Gun? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. I had to become, uh, you know, a normal person. Yeah, a podcaster writer. It's a long way down. Number six, Forbidden. California girl is model netizen. With 1.3 million friends on MySpace, 24-year-old Christine Dolce, a.k.a. Forbidden, has been called a baby Pam Anderson. She's graced the cover of Playboy, posed for Stuff, and FHM, appeared in Vanity Fair, and on the Tyra Banks show. No small feat for a Long Beach, California girl who started out as a makeup artist after high school. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, why is Heather I Deep Throat not on this? Because her videos are still relevant to this day. That's right. Christine would... Dolce is now a cosmetologist, or whatever it is, <laughs> I guess. Uh, she's just like, oh, no. Oh, guys, hold on. Let me let me rewind that. Uh-oh. She is dead. Oh no, <laughs> she died. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. Her liver failed. Guys. No, it was, no. I mean that's not it's good. It's not sad. That's very sad. But it was just uh, you know your back in 2007. I would have thought. I looked at I her and I thought it. this girl's liver is gonna last forever. That's what I thought back then. And she yeah. was an alcoholic. Apparently. Oh, that's anyway. Let's well, yeah. Bummer. Number seven, Brooke Parkhurst. Everybody knows her, right? A self-described aging debutante, small-town girl cursed with big city aspirations, Brooke Parkhurst documented her social climbing ways in her blog, Bell in the Big Apple. Apparently, this is the original Emily in Paris. Oh. She got a book deal. Great job. How many more are, are There's there? There's two more. Sorry. <laughs> I'm fascinated by these because this is really like 2007. She seems uh, to be well. She's still writing. Good for her. Oh, that's good. Not okay. dead. Not dead. Not dead is, uh, that's great. That's huge. Step up. Step up, yeah. Number eight, Amanda <laughs> Congdon. At the tender age of 26, Northwestern grad Congdon is already the co-producer and host of a weekly video cast for ABC and is developing a TV show for HBO. Well, that didn't maybe come it out. happened. It sure did. You know. She right, hosted and produced oh, you finish. The, the popular video blog Rocket Boom. Uh, uh that we all remember. Yeah, we love Rocket Boom. To the last one, you guys. We made it. Number nine, Brian Boy. What? Style site turns Fab Filipino into fashion muse. Uh movies. Disturbia, Blades of Glory, Meet the Robinsons, Perfect Stranger, Are We Done Yet? Songs, same as last week. Pop song, top pop song in the country was Give It To Me by Timbaland featuring Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake. Hell yeah. Uh, and the top rock song was, of course, Breath by Breaking Benjamin. Still? Yeah. Wow, classic. Je- Jesus Christ, that song. still bop to that one? Every we all then. bop. That that is uh, forever slaps. Um, So that's what was going on at the time that this episode came out. Um, Like Vince said, you know, the synopsis of this on IMDb is it's a little thin. Uh, You know, fucking Tony is questioning Polly's loyalty and Junior and Phil Leotardo are both making moves to gain power in their respective territories. Blah, blah, blah. But I have my own version. Oh, do you? you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it is not at all auto-tuned, so, um, uh, enjoy. I am wide awake, cause Paulie is giggling, sitting all alone and beaming, laughing at 
Factory's company. It's Aerosmith. I can't spend yeah, I caught my that. life okay. with this chiacchierone. Watch him steal the buffet pastries. Marone. A voice inside me says, hey, you gotta whack him now, Tony. I don't want to recollect. I don't want to take a trip down memory lane, Polly. And I don't want to remember when. Because every you time see? I hang with you, you just will not STF you. And I don't remember when. All right. Oh, well, that was so well, beautiful. That's, uh, that's succinct. So nice. Very good and necessary. Um, you can hear uh, the rest of that song uh, at the end of the episode. So stick around. But um, yeah, let's get into it. This incredible episode. Remember when that we all loved, oh, I'm sure. We will remember when. Um, Vince, let's start with you. What did you think about this episode? You know, I, I didn't love this episode, but I didn't hate this episode. I kind of, look, I uh, I, I enjoyed the Polly uh, and Tony storyline. I really enjoyed that Tony was, you know, slowly discovering that one of his childhood idols was actually sad and pathetic uh, yeah. as, as a grown man. Um, I didn't hate the junior storyline, but it just, it felt like they did like a weird one flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh, mm-hmm. like themed episode. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. I, I, uh, yeah, I like that, right. that the guy, what was that guy's name? Uh, the Carter actor, Chong? Carter Chong. I liked him as an actor. I just don't really, the that storyline didn't Ken do a ton for Leung, me. And Ken has been in Star Wars. He's in X-Men. Mm-hmm. Like Karnak in Inhumans, he was in uh, uh, Keeping the Faith, ah, uh, yeah. which is, is a, a fantastic movie. I, love that movie. I remember Keeping it's really the Faith. Fun. Uh, my yeah. my friend's dad was in it. He played the bartender. No. Uh, okay. he was. He's also Babu Bot on <laughs> Seinfeld. Anyways, uh, uh, you know he was in Kundun. Was he? Yeah, it says here Marty. On, on Wiki. He's in Kundun. Hey, I Marty, liked it. I, I liked Kundun. it. Kundun. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Brian George was in Kundun. Yeah. Man, you you got some fast Googling skills, no, I got to say. No, Ken not, not the guy from Seinfeld. Oh. What the hell? <laughs> I thought you meant the Bobo! Keeping the Faith. The, I thought you meant Babu Bot was in Kundun. No, I was like, that could Ken be. Leung. I've never seen it. No, come on. Well, fair enough. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Dave, yeah. what did you think of this I, I, episode? I, I also don't like this one. Um <laughs> The the one I, the one I watched uh, for the, the the last time I was on here was uh, was great, and this one I was like, yeah. oh boy, this is why I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this show anymore in two thousand seven. It was really yeah. there wasn't a lot going on here, you know. Yeah. They, there's they they invent this reason for Tony and Polly to go have um, a road trip. To, yeah, I think to they Miami. needed more it's time like, to explain why they were doing that because it was a little, I don't know, like what it was all rushed. Yeah. yeah. It was like we needed a bridge, they needed a bridge episode to explain why Corrado's never going to get out of this um, right. this um institution. Um they needed to put to put Tony and Polly at odds and then kind of deal with the fact that Polly 
um, isn't trustworthy. <laughs> right. Like, we know he's not because we know he's the one who who told the uh, what's his face about the joke. Yeah, John uh, uh, Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack. Yeah, yeah Johnny Sack. Um, it was just there's not a lot that happened. Yeah. Also, here. It, and, and it, it's supposed yeah. to be like really. Uh, tense when you're on the boat and Tony's looking at the at the hatchet and stuff and I'm like they're not they're not gonna kill Polly right. in this episode yeah. get out of here I yeah. felt like they wanted us to be invested in this storyline about like whether Tony was going to whack Polly or like they were sort of they wanted us to be invested in like the mafia implications of this relationship and I was just more interested in the interpersonal implications of this relationship like I just right. enjoy the fact that you know Tony's slowly discovering. That this guy that he's idolized since childhood is this like sad, pathetic dipshit, uh, <laughs> and I, that that whole part I loved. But yeah, like the part where they were sort of making it seem like he, like Tony might whack the guy. Eh, whatever. Um, it, it did. So you're saying it wasn't effective? Like you knew it wasn't going to happen, and you were kind of like, "This isn't really what I came here for." It's yeah. It wasn't like the part of the show that I was invested in. And uh, if they were going to try and sell that, I don't think they set it up well enough. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, I I feel differently about it because I understand um, art. Okay. So as a oh, yeah, so so what you guys don't understand about at least the junior storyline is an art is happening. Uh, oh. To me, I I love the junior storyline because uh, again, like this entire season is kind of one long denouement. Like disguise. Hold on. What as, he says? How how would you translate denouement? Uh, that's like um, kind of like the at the end of a story. Once you reach the climax, it's kind of like the uh, you know almost oh, okay. like an the part epilogue. Where it's boring. Yeah, the you're part right. where it's, it's boring, boring, and they're just kind of like <laughs> yeah. The every all the words before the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so like, so, but it's disguised as like, oh, it's, it's the final exciting climax of the Sopranos. And I think as we all know, uh, anyone who's actually watched the show knows that this last season doesn't really, isn't really a climax. It is, it is more kind of an anti-climax. It's like a, a nine episode long denouement. And so for me, I look at this as this is the episode where they, for all intents and purposes, kill off Junior, because um, it, it wraps up the Junior storyline in kind of a kind of an interesting way, in in my opinion, because you see him now uh, in this you know court ordered psych ward, and he is kind of just up to he's back doing all of the like mafia stuff that he liked to do without you know, kind of, um, I mean, but without really having any money to do it. So he's still got a grift going on while he's, he's there. He's buttons and candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like my grandpa. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, it's kind of cute. And, and you see kind of like this relationship with uh, the kid um, as he becomes kind of like he is the Tony of their relationship he is he is now just replaced um replaced tony in his mind and maybe quite literally replaced tony in that like he is also a little bit suffering from some cognitive issues yeah but they they also do this thing in that storyline which is like you know i feel like we've seen 15 shows do a variation on on like the one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah uh, storyline where it's like 
yeah, these guys are in uh, the mental institution because they're like they they think too freely, and the man is trying to like numb them down with their drugs and stuff, and uh, and trying to get them to conform. And it's like I don't know it, it, the way they played that. They played it much more conventionally cliche than The Sopranos generally does. And there was like good parts within that. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did like the. The, the guy turning on him at the end. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, they're all criminally insane. That's why they're there. Uh, but but uh, also there's, I think, yeah. some, some um, you know, <laughs> as Matt said, some art in this. It's real. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, in the sense yeah. that uh, what we're really dealing with is, to piggyback on what you're saying about him, Carter being Tony, is that you're seeing kind of what the arc of a mafia life is in this very short right. period of time. Mm. You're seduced yes. by the power. You get get off on the fact that you can kind of swagger around and beat the shit out of people whenever you want and take what you want. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that you are actually not in control, that right. the system is in control of you, the mafia or, you know, the, the, the law or whatever it is, family mm-hmm. unit. And so when he snaps, he's snapping because he realizes, one, that he'll always be controlled by something mm-hmm. if it's if it's the system or whatever. But also that he wants to be the top guy now. Which yeah. is what happens in the mafia. It's like, oh, right. okay. yeah. oh yeah, you're the boss? Well, what if yeah. I was the boss? And it's really yeah. like kill or be he, killed. He did the thing that all these, you know, mafia fucking vultures do in this show, which is like any little bit of weakness they see, they kind of latch onto and then psychopathically yeah, do a the, violence. They're seduced yeah, like, by the like power. Phil, and then when they see yeah. when they see like a chink in that armor, the, suddenly they're they they're like repulsed by it because it sort of reminds them of their own powerlessness. So right, they, yeah, and they yeah, and they react strongly, and they want to be like, I would never do that. Right, and uh, the only way Phil that they Leotardo can crying at his daughter, do- no, Johnny Sack crying at his daughter's wedding, unbelievable. Right, yeah, and meanwhile, uh, Phil Leotardo then later goes on to cry uh, in the hospital bed while Tony is telling him to like take care of his family and shit, like. Yeah, they're all hypocrites, and yeah, yeah it is I mean, kind of this Italians my, pretending that they don't cry is very hilarious. <laughs> that yeah, I know. Of all of the European ethnic groups that cry, it is Italians love to cry. Yeah, it's the fa- it's all the of favorite their art thing is to crying do. and shouting and singing. Come on, exactly, crying and eating at the same time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's let's get into um. The junior storyline first, and then we'll go into the uh, Tony and Polly storyline. So with the junior storyline, we start out with Uncle Pat, uh, the return of Uncle Pat and some other old guy who I don't know uh, are visiting. Fully remember who those guys were, but. Uh, well, Uncle Pat is uh, the one. He's he's the guy. He owns a farm uh, somewhere. Sure, sure, and, sure. Uh, oh, they, Beppy Skir- Skirbo. Becky, Beppy Sherbo or whatever. Have you? Is that it? his name, Beppy? Is he Beppy? It's Beppy. He's Beppy. Oh, Buka de Beppy. Beppy. Uh, so he's there, and they are um hanging out with Junior, um, and trying to convince him uh of a plot to basically get uh to bust out of prison. And Junior is it's un- it's unclear whether or not he's like uninterested or if he's just in such a dumb idea like it's not like he's it's not like he's in a maximum security prison this whole time he just knows that if he busts out they're just going to catch him again right but but in this moment it feels like when they are pitching it to him 
he's either disinterested or he's in such cognitive decline that he is not fully able to pay attention. And I just, I have a clip of their exchange. What do you hear from my nephew? Tony, they sent me a card for my birthday. I'm still waiting for an apology. Tell him. All right. Which one of you is going to tell him? We'll figure it out, Junior. If you made an appointment with an outside dentist, he sneak you off in our car. Dinner, 10 minutes. So what do you think, Junior? Enchiladas tonight. (laughs) There's something about Junior being in this, like, psych ward, being like, yeah, he's being punished, but he's also being fully taken care of. Uh, in this, like, in a medical facility with three square meals a day in his his own room, you know? He gets to watch uh, his antique shows. He gets, yeah, he gets television. He's got board games. Like, there's something about seeing him in this where you realize, ah, oh, fuck, he should have just been at fucking Green Grove this whole time. Mm. So much, so much grief could have been avoided if he had just been put in a nursing home years ago. But and, all he uh, talks about is how much he wants to leave. So of course that wasn't going to happen without yeah, a court but, order. But it's it's funny because he's it's another example of just like you know being full of shit, right? Like yeah. you know he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. But like really, at the end of the day, he's got everything he's ever wanted, which well, is like I, I a nice little TV. You yeah. got enchiladas tonight. Yeah, he's got enchiladas also, tonight. It's also a matter of where's he going to go now. Like he, yeah, he alienated anyone who might be inclined to uh still take care of him like he kind of needs this at this point yeah it's true but uh also he feels like a big shot in there you know and that's really at the end of the day isn't that what all of these guys want they just want to feel like a big shot wherever they're at like if you're trying to be the number one mafioso in new jersey it's not like you're i mean you don't have aspirations to be. It's not like I'm the head of the Gambino fucking crime family. It's the head of the fucking New Jersey mafia. It's not a yeah, not now a very the, ambitious yeah. mafia. There's a he, patheticness to all of the Sopranos characters, which is I think why people love the show so much. Yeah, they're not cool. There's nothing suave <laughs> or slick about them. And I hate to bring up the movie, but I'm gonna bring it up. Do it. That's the worst part. Is like okay, yes. now there's all these guys supposed to be cool. Like I'm supposed to think <laughs> Dicky Moltisanti is awesome, <laughs> right? Like no, he's he's in the <laughs> Jersey crime family like come on this guy's not cool. yeah like they sort of uh they made that whole movie with like the child perspective of tony soprano uh and that's like the child who in this episode is like talking about how he once idolized Polly and thought he was like the coolest guy in the world and they sort of yeah they gave us that perspective in the many mm-hmm. saints in newark instead it would have been so much more interesting to like go back and see like what tony s- saw as a kid but with the perspective we know now, which is that, right. you know, Polly's kind of a loser. and Right, like, exactly. So yeah. With, with the audience being able to see for themselves what was actually going on. Yeah. And for Tony to be able to interpret it whatever way he wanted. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great movie. Everyone should see it. Um, <laughs> still on HBO Max. Still on HBO Max. Uh, so Junior is planning a poker game with the uh, the help of a uh, black caregiver, and um, this is uh, obviously the continuing theme uh, in a, in the Sopranos of kind of um, weirdly written black characters. Um, the and dude calls uh, Junior the N word. <laughs> I was like, oh no! No wonder I, people thought they could get away with this. 
Yeah, I think it's like, uh, yeah, I think it, we've said this Italians before. Italians are the blacks of Europe, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's like this, the specificity of the white characters. Like, it's very, it's very granular. Like, you get so many different, like, little right. shades. and uh, So many shades of, of different white uh, ethnics. Like, then, you, you yeah. know, Jews and Italians and Northern Italians, Southern Italians. And, and then the black characters. The black people are like, well, I saw some black people on TV once. And I'm going to write yeah. the, that here. <laughs> I have a, a clip. Sixty dollars. For sodas and fucking candy? Caffeinated sodas and sugar. You know some of them ain't allowed this shit. Gets them all around. I could lose my job. Fucking stick up artists. I already gave you my watch. Don't count my money, nigga. You make it five hundred percent of these motherfuckers. He's swearing an awful lot for an orderly. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, you know, it's uh it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting choice once again. Um and uh yeah junior is like kind of he's held captive a little bit by this caregiver who is like their deal is that um he kind of looks the other way and helps him out uh with these poker games and in exchange he signs uh autographs uh and sells autographs of junior soprano on ebay yeah wh- which and um, again we've we talked about this last episode when we had the whole like mafia segment on TV that we're watching. Yeah, there was a TV where the Sopranos segment with Geraldo. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they. I feel like the the writers thought that because the Sopranos was like you know such a popular show at this point that we would want there to be like a meta aspect to that where the Sopranos right. were famous in their own time, which I don't think is true to this world at all, really. Yeah, because The Sopranos wasn't on TV in this world. It wasn't? <laughs> yeah. what, what did they watch on Sunday night? <laughs> they only watched John from Cincinnati. Well, they watched, they watched, they watched There were five full seasons. We wa- <laughs> yes, they watched Curb. They watched That's Curb right. and Junior thought that Larry David was him, so. Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, it is, it's a, yeah, it's strange because it's just like, um, maybe you could get some people to buy some, like, signed, uh, like photos of John Gotti, maybe, like maybe, like and John Gotti though, the only famous yeah, mafioso, the only famous of the mafioso time. in the last twenty years. What was the mob guy that got killed by the QAnon dude? Don't in even Staten know. Island, like no what, idea. B- before he got killed by a QAnon guy, would you have been like, hey, I'm gonna buy this guy's autograph on eBay? No, no, yeah, that that's it. Like, it's a little strange. Um, I mean, but I guess they were just like, we know about eBay. I don't know what they were doing with that storyline. Um. So uh, the arch nemesis uh, of, you know, uh, of Junior and the kid is this professor who uh, keeps showing up um, to make Junior feel bad about, you know, I guess running a poker game. Dr. Um, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> that is who this man is. <laughs> he kept rambling about eating raw steaks. It was weird. <laughs> It just goes in there and just, oh, you missed our chess match. I was going to tell you about. Wait, no. What is his voice? It's Kermit. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. Oh. There we go. <laughs> we like oh, to play yes. checkers, the thinking man's game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He's uh, he's definitely, um, you know, uh, once again, representing another thing in The Sopranos that they like to poke fun of, which is kind of this... Um, uh ivory tower academic elite uh dickheads and um uh i i did sort of enjoy um him beating the shit out of the professor That's i thought awesome. it was 
it was worth it for yeah. the scene where Junior fights him. Uh, and uh, I very much, I very much enjoyed that. I have a, I have a quick clip of that. Checkers, the thinking man's game. <laughs> You're looking for a smack in the fucking mouth? You don't intimidate me. Corrado. You're lucky she's here, you little prick. Naturally. You're only tough when there's an authority figure nearby so things don't go too far. Oh, how the mighty have fought. How the mighty have fallen. You remind me of uh, King Lear. Have you read that Shakespeare play? <laughs> you numbskull, you Neanderthal. I, like, I, so, I mean, I understand what they're doing because they've done this like throughout the show, which is that like for Italians and Jews and a lot of like the non-Protestant whites, like there's this thing where the the ladder of success is like t- more geared towards like intellectualism. Like their mm-hmm. like their goal is to be sort of like a an intellectual, uh, like a cultured uh, person more so than you know more so than like the Protestant work ethic where you just work hard and become rich or whatever. So like the mafia is this sort of vulgar version of like no matter how much money they they get they're never gonna be like whatever that guy who uh made fun of tony shotgun um right 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 dr the, fagoli yeah, yeah the fagaccinis or whatever, whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh that also you know i think brings up something that uh sopranos was really good at during a time when everyone was trying to be satirical about the dumbing down of america yeah uh, the Sopranos was like, yeah, that's a hundred percent true, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, show this mm-hmm. in a a way that's not like, oh, this is about now. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like on the nose. Um, it was these characters, people we liked that were successful financially, but were were not educated and and dumb and selfish mm-hmm. and rude to each other and duplicitous and uh, actively you know, like hostile towards intelligence or, right. or sophistication or curiosity. Right. Um, like I think violently, was, violently hostile. I think, yeah, I yeah, think somebody gets in my face and so I'm going to kick him in the nuts and then right. just wail on him for a while. Like that yeah. is the level of discourse and that's yes. the world that we live in today. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the, the Sopranos was good at, uh, you know, like in the aughts, like you said, it was like George W. Bush culture. Like yeah. it was the the, well, the main parodies. Junior sends a letter to Jamie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like about we were shooting his friend in the face. We were I've all sort of horrified. <laughs> we were also sort of horrified by the dumbing down of culture, rightly so, because yeah. you know, like yeah. idiocracy, that was the thing. Everything was like extreme marketing, and but they sort of anticipated the the fact that the uh like the flip side of that like what we were going towards like more towards like the neoliberalism of like the 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 20 teens that they anticipated the fact that that was just as obnoxious as uh, right. the a dumbed down culture and not many things that came out around this time i think had this level of satire right. yeah 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 it, they definitely like um they didn't set up your kind of like 
neoliberal intellectuals as the heroes. Right. In fact, they're all villains as well. The the academics in the show, the doctors in the show are all villains. Like every every uh professional managerial class person is also a piece of shit just yeah. in a different way. Like AJ is use... bad, but like the 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 like solution to that is not to have a bunch of meadows running around because they're just right. full of shit basically. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you end up with a Janice and uh <laughs> Janice is the worst of both worlds. I don't know. Yeah. I love still love Janice. Oh, I, I mean oh, she's I amazing. A huge crush on her. Oh, she's <laughs> she's fantastic. She's yeah. maybe the best character in television history. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you mentioned uh, a scene that I, I really loved, which was uh, <laughs> was Junior dictating a letter um, to the kid uh, to um, Dick Cheney. And I, I have a, a clip of that. Respectfully, Corrado Soprano. Read it back. Dear Vice President Cheney, as a powerful man all too familiar with accidental gunplay, <laughs> I am writing in the hope that you will intervene in my case. Like yourself, I was involved in an unfortunate incident when a gun I was handling misfired. <laughs> Just, I love the idea that he's writing a letter to Cheney and he's like, if there's any man in the world who will pardon me for something, uh, a re the relatable crime of accidentally shooting someone close to you, it'll yeah. be Dick Cheney. And uh, he could be right. But Maybe think, he would have yeah, let him I off. I think that's the satire of dumbed down culture that we would expect in 2007 yes. but then yes. the sopranos had another another level where there's an intellectual who's also an annoying piece of shit yeah 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 for sure and uh, uh, I, so just we haven't talked much about um the kid uh carter um you guys seem to have mixed feelings on this character i i i very much enjoyed him not only because i think that that actor is just like really good like the performance is good but i also i really did like the fact that he's kind of the point of this character is that he is going to um wrap up the tony and junior arc like like he is going to vicariously be tony and like in terms of like tony's revenge he's also going to be tony in terms of like junior finally apologizing to him um like it, it, he tells the story uh early on where um junior is talking about you know one time he didn't accept money and his dad made him walk you know 15 miles in the rain or whatever the fuck and then the kid tells him his own story about his own father which i have a clip of once in third grade I got a 96 on my spelling test, highest mark in the class. I was so proud. I brought it home to show my dad. What happened to the other four points, he says. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! I mean, that's, um, it's a great story. Yeah. I think we can all... <laughs> We can I mean, all agree on that. His dad was right. Where are those four points, you fucking pussy? Yeah, like, um, first of all, yeah. <laughs> he's just, grip, yeah, he's man. telling Junior... Perfection. He, he's telling Junior's story in a way that he hasn't learned to like mythologize the past. He's just like, no, that was bad and it sucked. Right. He's of, is he's pure just anger and resentment. Like yeah. his story isn't. Uh, there's no greater purpose or moral yet. He hasn't like yeah. He hasn't learned to uh, reshape the narrative to make it into like some noble thing. It's just about how much he hates his dad. And yeah, which is the opposite of what Polly's doing in the other story, which is yes. oh, everything was great. Remember when we did that thing and we had sex yeah. with those who was? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> those hillbilly who was. Um, they were 16, by the way. 
Right, I know. <laughs> I was like, all right, this plays differently now. It does. I mean, I guess we always knew they were bad people, but yeesh. Um, yeah. Well, he didn't say how old they were, did he? Yeah, didn't he say 16-year-old? No, but... No, how him. old he was and Tony was at the time. Yeah. They oh, adults. Yeah. They adults. I assume they're adults. I mean, for sure he was. Um, Tony, maybe not. But uh, anyways... Um, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So later on, uh, after um, 
after Junior has like decided uh, he has to take some medication to stop himself from pissing himself, and it kind of like it it numbs him out, and uh, and the kid kind of devises a plan in order to get him to chuck his medication by like creating a diversion. And um, he goes with it at first, um, but then, of course, he gets into this fight with the professor and they realize, oh, this medication that is supposed to curb you, you pissing yourself and also curb your uh, ang- your your violent outbursts isn't working because clearly you're not taking it. Turns out it also curbs your enthusiasm, you know? So, yeah. So he ends up deciding um, to not do this thing anymore. In fact, like, he, he, he does the distraction, but <laughs> then... Uh, Junior just takes the medication anywhere and he says, I, I, I did the thing, which I, <laughs> let me just play that clip. What'd you do that for? I should piss myself again. But I did the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I did the thing. I love uh, that. His performance is very good and it is very affecting. And that little monologue he had um, about his dad is great because this is a show about how your parents are bad people. It's about how your parents fuck you up. And, yep. uh, and to me, that's the the entire point of this character is um, there comes to the scene in which um, now the kid is depressed and he's like lying in bed and he, he hasn't seen Junior hasn't seen him in a while because he's sitting around depressed. And they have um, this conversation that uh, I think is 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 really telling. Hootie and the blowfish. <laughs> Thanks. That was a nice letter you wrote to Chenny. But he don't read them himself. They got computers that do it. <laughs> I asked Lynch, the professor. He says we'll have a better chance if we write him at his outfit, Halliburton. My father owned Grumman stock. My grandpa said my dad liked character. Grandpa was a lion. You're very smart, Anthony. I'm sure you're very good with spelling, too. See, to me, this scene right here is as close as Junior is going to get in this series of apologizing to Tony and telling him that actually you do have the makings of a varsity athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like the spelling thing. He calls him Anthony. This is them wrapping up uh, in that scene kind of like Junior's apologizing in a way. He's he's offering this beautiful gift of Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> and he's telling him he's a good speller. Yeah, but he's also completely whacked out of his mind on medication. So it's yes. like, uh, yeah, how yeah, much yeah. of this is really what he would do if he was of sound mind and body? And yeah. But I think that's part of the tragedy of it is you don't really know. And, you know, in their final scene together in the last episode, there's, there's a lot of um, emotion and, and, oh. and kind of sadness there. But it's not it's – not, this you know it's not the thing that i think tony ultimately wanted from him right yeah yeah agreed it's uh i mean that scene is like is the wrapping up of the whole thing but it's almost again like this uh like an epilogue but in terms of this episode uh this scene i feel is junior finally doing a mea culpa to tony in his drugged out state of mind. Yeah, because he can't do it consciously. Consciously, he's like, I'm still waiting for an apology. You tell him that. Right. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, when he's of sound mind, which, by the way, his of sound mind is being a psychopath. So <laughs> right. I almost feel like, yeah. you know, why would they ever be of sound mind? So, uh, so the final scene, um, or technically the second to last scene, um, with uh, Junior and the kid is uh, Junior is now completely numbed out. And he is sitting around singing country roads uh, with all of the other, uh, you know, jadrules. And uh, and the kid just starts doing his misbehaving thing. He's throwing up watered up pieces of paper and stuff like just doing the juvenile stuff that maybe Junior would have done uh, had he not been totally numbed out. And Junior shushes him. And uh, and then this happens. that shit that was a little remix um (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh beats the living crap out of him um you see his glasses on the floor and you know oh shit this is this is gonna cause some serious damage and of course the last the last shot you get of junior in this episode is him outside um in a wheelchair um like completely bruised up taped up glasses just petting a cat like a jadrul and he is uh he's clearly now his brain is no worky good no more and uh it's tragic but this is in a, in a way it was that was the kid acting as tony doing the thing yeah. tony wishes he could have done you know you yeah. sold me on this storyline a little more than i initially was i'll say that yeah I, you get the I do, art now i do I, yeah okay but i yeah i still think they could have done it without the uh oh they're trying to numb you out like don't take your meds like that's the that's such an old yeah. storyline that uh feel like they could yeah. have accom- I, I like the mentor uh protege relationship they had going on um but yeah I did not need the scene where there are no characters from the show in the scene. It's the head of the facility, right. the yeah. um, caregiver, <laughs> and then the uh, the lady. And they're like, oh, what should we do? Oh, what if we did this? And this black person is lying. Like, I didn't need that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need, I didn't need to see it. Just tell me what happened. Like, it was such a And we have the woman who's a like a human sight gag as the, like, the, yes. the overseer. <laughs> yes just like a a more ratchet nurse ratchet yeah um and i think think my problem was really the other story is the problem for me in this Hmm. more than this oh interesting well let's get in they don't mesh together yeah yeah well let's get into that that storyline we start off with uh polly um or no, it it's it, it opens with actually what I think is an amazing sight gag. It's like I Tony guess, wakes up. Sorry, I, I, I guess I feel yeah. like it's the the other storyline. 
I guess I, I'm more inclined to that one just because it has the characters from The Sopranos in it. And because yeah. there's this whole digression in this episode, I feel like they've failed to fill out some of the the parts of this other storyline that should have mm-hmm. been there, uh, but weren't. And I think that would have made it work, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. I, I, I see what you mean, um, but, you know, you're wrong. Okay. One of the best episodes ever. All right. um, so, yeah, Tony wakes up and sighs deeply um, as if he is, like, also tired of doing this show. And he <laughs> looks he looks out the window and sees Polly like, Terminator walking <laughs> to the front door, and he kind of giggles to himself, which I thought was, was an amazing opening because there is just something comical about Polly. Uh, you know, catching a candid Polly moment is got to be the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. This guy is, he's like this always. Everything that was a candid Polly moment in this episode really sung for me. Oh my God. I, that's why I, I love, love this episode was the candid moments where you get to see Polly sitting and watching TV yeah. and, and laughing, laughing at the edge of his bed. At a sitcom. <laughs> That that is just so fucking funny to me, dude. I I I have a clip of that. Oh wait, no, do I not? Hold on. It's also no, I don't have a clip. It's also funny that they took like the heaviest heavy, like the actor who uh, you know has the biggest rap sheet in this show, and he was just okay playing like almost a straight up clown. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. And Surprising. it's weird the amount. It's also weird the amount of range that he had for someone who is essentially like a one note character. I mean, he's written in a one dimensional way, but that one dimensional character ends up being multi dimensional because you realize that like it's um it's a very intentional single dimension. Like this is a person who wants to um his image is everything as they say in this episode and like he is upholding his image even you know uh in his walk towards fucking tony's house i mean this guy is like he doesn't want to have multiple dimensions but he he ends up having them do you do you get what i'm saying in that yeah. like he's he's one dimensional in his mind but in real life we see Multiple he, I kind of think he speaks to like the the character. Like every person has a one friend who seems like a caricature. Uh, and, yeah. You know, they end up being sympathetic somehow just because it's like you see the sadness behind that right. uh, caricature. Yeah, it's like Kramer and Seinfeld. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the pathos of Michael Richards. <laughs> That's why he was so good. He <laughs> won all those Golden Globes. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Polly is downstairs. Carmela can't get the espresso machine to work. And, um, then we learn the reason that they have to go on this road trip. And it's basically that the feds are digging up this place where Tony buried, uh, Willie overall, who was a bookie. It was his first guy that he killed. And they're like, oh, we got to go on the run in case they pin it on me, which is seems kind of yeah, it's kind of needed to set that up. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand how going to Miami is going to help if you have heat on you. I, I guess. right, it's like wait, so what? What's the plan then? If if they do blame it on you, then you can leave the country yeah, or take a boat yeah, to I mean, Cuba? the thing about it is, oh, you're going to go to Miami, the place where Will Smith said the party in the city with the heat is on. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is where the you know Buenvenido a Miami. Exactly. Like, don't go there. The heat is on. The there. heat is double on there. If anything, stay in Delaware. Bro. Yeah. 
Delaware, no one will find you. Um, so yeah, so they end up uh, leaving together, and you know, Carmel is kind of mad. He's like, she's like, oh, you know, at our age, life is still like this, and it's just like, don't worry, there's only six more episodes, lady. So they take a I road think, trip. I think Polly speaks to that part of everyone who has that friend who is annoying that you avoid. You don't want to hang out with them. They yes. cle- they clearly want to be your friend more than you want to be their friend. Yeah. But then like yeah. you see you see the hints of like pathos where they seem to genuinely care about you and so you can't yeah. really drop them as a friend cuz you're like ah. Right, cuz you know they would like they would jump into traffic for you. Yeah. And you're like and you you do like them. Yeah, they are your friend, but there's someone who like I can only take bits and pieces like I can only a little bit at a time with this person right you know of course tony you know is also thinking about murdering him yeah (laughs) yeah i kind of like this guy but also what if i killed him yeah yeah get away with it and again to me that that was like the part of the storyline that didn't play as well and i don't i don't necessarily think it's a flaw it just seemed like they didn't have time to like set up why tony yeah because like johnny sack's already dead like what does he give a shit if 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 uh if June or if, uh, if uh, Polly's ratting him out to Johnny Sack, like Johnny Sack is I, not a I thing think anymore. What he's worried about, and he talks about this with um, with Beansy, he's worried that this entire episode, um, Polly is just going up to random people and telling them their business. He's like, he's a, he's just a, I don't know, an affable guy, mm-hmm. and he talks too much. You know, he's a uh, fucking uh, kiakiaron. He's a uh, fucking bop, 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 bop. He's a bop, 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 bop. Yeah, yeah, bibbidi, bobbidi, boo. And so, like, he's worried, as a mobster would be, that, like, this guy, he's, I love him to death, but he's a fucking yeah. blabbermouth. I just think and, you got to sell that a little more when you consider that, like, basically everyone Tony hangs out with and, and, and employs has severe personality issues that uh, yeah. could cause bad things to happen to the, to the mafia yeah, i i agree with you that it, it was kind of it was a a weak pretense uh for like wait but you're gonna kill him that right, seems yeah. a little strange I, I think it was and this is something i think this final season suffers from a little bit is knowing that um everyone's expecting death and so they're like, oh, we're going to build up the tension. Like, oh, is, is Tony going to kill him? Because like the only like reasonable reason to kill Polly at this moment is because, well, the series is ending and I want to see people die. And so I think they were kind of playing with people's um, energy. They were doing sure. like, we're going to we're going to make these things tense. And it doesn't totally hold up now because we all know what ends up happening and uh it's it's not as climactic as we'd all like it to be yeah this is a season of television where the creators are consciously not giving you what you want right which is mm-hmm. i think yes. why the movie overcorrected so much and said let's give you everything you've ever wanted right i think yeah but i, like I think when that's i like very... when they're trying to edge when they're when they're trying to get us to, they're edging us you know that was the better yeah, sopranos just tickle the head baby yeah <laughs> I think it was I think it's a very conscious choice. I think it was it was just uh you know fucking just the it was David Chase just shoving everything in your mouth so you fucking eat it you fucking pig you know making you choke on all your <laughs> yeah. fan service. It's like the film Sallow. Exactly. Manja, manja. <laughs> eat this shit, piggy. 
Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, it's, I, I liked that this episode is trying to do something where they're combining these two stories thematically. Maybe not yeah. plot-wise, but the themes are all kind of tied up with each other. And yeah. around, you know, memories and, and uh, regrets and all that stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't hang together as two stories that deserve yeah. to be the same episode. They could have each been separate episodes. You know? It's true, but... You forget to focus on the good things that happen. Um, we have one of the greatest cameos uh-huh. of all time. Oh, Lin Manuel Miranda is the bellboy. Uh, yes, and I I have a, a clip. I don't know. You remember that place, uh, the dive with the fucking massage beds? Behaving there. Ah. <laughs> we met those sixteen-year-old hillbilly hoolers near the taxi stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want the old days? Let's go there. Excuse me. This place is it new? I think maybe I don't know. There was a motel on this spot though, right? The Haven Air. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> What's your name, man? I don't know. Fucking guy. Uh, yes. Fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, just a wonderful. What a wonderful performance by Just a young all Lin of Manuel. his potential in miniature right there. Like you could I see. Don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe I don't know. <laughs> you could see everything he would become in that one yeah. role. <laughs> I mean, maybe his best acting role of all time. I mean, let's be real. Fantastic yeah. work. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but uh, yeah. By the way, I, we haven't said it yet, but we. I, I mean. A hearty R.I.P. to uh, the actor who played Beansy, who died that's right. just f- oh, six no. days ago, I think. Yeah, Paul Herman, that's right? Yeah, he what's, was. What's he what's was Whispers de Tulio in The Irishman? Uh, right. He was in. Uh, he was in Paul Silver Herman? Li- Is that his name? Silver Linings yeah. Playbook. Yeah, Paul Herman. Uh well, R.I.P. Wasn't he also in um fucking like Goodfellas? He was in Goodfellas. He was the Pittsburgh connection in Goodfellas. That's right. R.I.P. to Beansy. And this is our, I think this is actually our final Beansy uh, storyline of the series. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, he's doing good. Like, uh, paraplegism uh, agrees with him. Paraplegic yeah, yeah. life. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's now living in Miami, uh, Buenvenido a Miami. And he uh, he's a paraplegic. He shits in a bag. Um, to which Polly says, kill me now, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> mean, um, and he also at one point calls him a stand up guy and then says, sorry, which <laughs> right. I didn't even get the joke at first. And I was like, oh, I didn't either. Yeah. I was like, as soon as you said, sorry, I was like, oh, I get the joke. You didn't need to say, sorry. You've made it meaner by saying, sorry. Um, so, so yeah, fucking, uh, we get to see Beansy and uh, Polly doing a lot of remembering when. That is kind of like their, the, you know, that's that's Polly's thing to do. And um, and then we get that scene where the thing happens in which we took our audio for our segment. And uh, here's that scene for everybody. And Tom, uh, remember when we all rented that house down the shore with the bed bugs? <laughs> Summer of 78. Place up the beach. Yeah. Sonny Spence from the Bronx rented it? Uh-huh. That's where that hippie kid mysteriously drowned during that party. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, Tom. You okay? Yeah, yeah. It's your tea. 
You're being kind of quiet. Well, it's because, uh, remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. Whew. That's the line. Hey, he said it. I just don't know if that's really true for him. No. Yeah. Tony lives in the past. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I, the hip- hypocrisy is the point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, uh, I think a pretense for, you know, I think with him, it's not that remember when is the lowest form of conversation. I think it's, you know, Polly mentions a hippie kid mysteriously disappearing. And he's like low key. He's like dry snitching about a murder that they did. <laughs> uh, and so I think Tony is just like, this guy needs to stop fucking talking. Yeah. And I, I understand that in some level. He's like, things are going well. And, um, you know, I'm worried that I have this fucking loose cannon, this fucking loose lip sinking ships. And um, I don't know what to do about it. You know, he's getting paranoid. And um, he has a conversation with Beansy about it. And Beansy tells him, Paulie's a stand up, stand up guy. And it ends with him going, but has he really been put to the test? Which I think the answer is yes. Yeah, Didn't Paulie's he go to like 60 years old? He's yeah. 60 years old. He's been to prison before for like shit. He's never snitched before. It just seems like he wouldn't. Yeah. Like he might accidentally dry snitch, but I don't think he would snitch. Yeah. It feels know. like they're grasping for straws a little bit there. Yeah. I think so too. This is, a, this is an episode in search of a story. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, um, but uh, it all works out in terms of the Willie overall thing. Sil gets gives him a call and says Jackie Aprile's taking the heat for it, and he uh, checks on Polly to see him sitting alone, laughing hysterically at an episode of Three's Company. Um, and then Polly, uh, Tony suggests that Polly and he go sport fishing uh, on a boat, and he is scared. And then we have the uh, we have the boat scene that is relatively tension filled depending on who you are two two mafia guys from new jersey go sport fishing and they're gonna they're gonna like rig and pack all of their own fishing equipment i don't buy it there's no no fishing guide that's gonna do all that stuff for them i mean i imagine that uh you know they rented it all or i don't know man you know uh it didn't even look like they started fishing they were just kind of sitting there yeah there's no fishing to be had um, Polly made him some rigatoni a la Polly. Yeah. Uh, rigatoni a la Tony, depending on your Rigatoni a la Tony. And yeah. then he had some beer and <laughs> menacingly stared at a hatchet for a while. But <laughs> I he cackles I did, I, and like, just like, like laughs at him and, and like is trying to intimidate him in such a strange way. <laughs> It, it is a it is a strange scene filled with tension. It also in the way it's shot. He hit him with a, with um, a beer in the stomach. That was, that was that's right. Yeah. He chooses to hit him with the beer uh, in the stomach rather than murder him. He was like, maybe I just want to hit this guy. Which fair? That's growth actually uh, for Tony. <laughs> like <laughs> moderation, Tony. Moderation. Yeah, he's like, I don't have to kill him, but I could just hurt him a little bit and scare him. Um, and, and the way it's shot, there's this like floating thing, this seasickness that I thought was like pretty, pretty good uh, as far as like art is mm. concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like directing They really art. made you feel like the boat go up and down because they yeah, gave me a camera go up and down. Go, it's like, it's like gave it was me camera on the boat. Yeah, camera on boat and it felt real. Um But uh, yeah, basically, uh, Tony is trying to get him to admit that he told the joke to um, Johnny Sack and 
he doesn't admit it, which I think alone is putting him to the test, right? Isn't yeah, that cause like that, well? Because that's a funny thing. Like, is is he is the test like that? He can get Polly to be honest with him, or is the test to see if Polly can keep a secret even when it's obvious that he is lying? Right. Yeah, and I I do think I think that's I do think that was the test uh, at the end of the day. If he had said, "Yeah, I said it." then he would have been like, well, now I have reason to kill you. Not just because you, you know, caused a big, you know, fucking kerfuffle with that, but also because you caved. I I pressured you a little bit. I brought you out on a boat and you still fucking, uh, you caved. One boat ride and you're spilling the beans? Come on. Yeah. I don't even know if it was a real test. I think he just wanted to torture the man. Yeah. I think he's a sadist. Likely. And he wanted to tool with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think he was mostly just annoyed what, by what of an annoying person he was, and he wanted to be yeah. for a while. He makes fun of his his uh, his laugh, <laughs> which I thought was particularly a low blow. Um, yeah, I have a, a a little bit of that. He was a funny prick, that Ralph. Gladiator fixation. I'm here, Georgie in the eye with the chain. <laughs> that was a good joke when he hit <laughs> Georgie in the eye with the chain. Yeah. Funniest thing he ever did. <laughs> I'd have loved to see John's face when he heard that crack. Oh, he's fucking holier than now because he didn't fuck other women. It's the broomstick up his ass. <laughs> no. No offense, but you ever had yourself checked for Tourette's? What? <laughs> Tourette's syndrome. <laughs> you gotta take or something. I don't know. When I'm nervous, tense or something. It's like so mean. Yeah, it's extra mean. What, but, are, you, what uh, are you dumb in the brain? What, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you ever noticed that you sound retarded? <laughs> it's like wow, he's your friend. Yeah. Have you um, ever gone to the doctor and gotten checked for being annoying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what this exactly. like. This is the mafia mentality, and it it does yeah. kind of um, live comfortably next to the other storyline when it is about power dynamics right who's on top who's on the bottom who gets to throw the shit and who has to eat it Uh, right and Mm. in this moment paulie's got to eat the shit that's a very very chimp like metaphor i like that who gets to throw the shit and who has to eat the shit exactly deep down inside you know we're all just monkeys we're all just monkeys throwing you know trying to be king of the mountain some of the monkeys are throwing the the shit and the other monkeys on the on the bottom they're eating they're eating all of it who's the top monkey it's gotta be amy from the movie congo best monkey (laughs) (laughs) right tone (laughs) (laughs) gorilla bad gorilla bad go away i'm sorry that was congo um she can't so yeah she can't sign when she's got the shit in her hands (laughs) (laughs) it's the only time she shuts up she got the doo-doo in the hand. Um, and then uh, he doesn't kill him. Polly has a dream sequence in which uh, Pussy is there and he's like cooking a thing. And he's like, when my time comes, will I stand up? And then he wakes up and lifts weights. <laughs> um, and uh, it, this storyline ends with Tony is back at home in his robe. And Polly has sent Carm a $2,000 espresso machine. Mm. And like, you know, she complains kind of about it. And he says something like, it's people like him are the reason that we can live our lifestyle. So it's it's because of those apes down there eating the shit. The <laughs> reason that we're on top of the mountain throwing the shit. 
I want to point out one thing before we stop talking about this episode that I we yeah. kind of glossed over, which is the yeah. scene where Polly Walnuts is packing to go to Miami, and he pulls yes. out pair after pair after pair of these white shoes, these like old man <laughs> white loafers. It was so funny to me. Uh, yeah, I, don't know I like. I I'd never noticed need. that. I'd never noticed that Polly was into white loafers before this episode. But he's like, he's really I mean, them. to me, yeah. he loves them. And I think that's an example of, you know, Polly has been trying to be uh, the same guy his entire life. You know, he's like, he's got an outfit. He's like, it's me, Polly, the cartoon character. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> like he is, he is trying to be, um, He's like the Simpsons. At the end of every episode, it's like nothing happened previously. Right. And he just goes on, you know? And and that's what he wants. Instead, like, life gets in the way, and he finds out his aunt is his mother, and his mother is his aunt, and all this shit, and worrying about cancer and all that. But, like, he just wants to be a guy with the same loafers. A guy who has a nice little apartment. He sits around, he watches Three's Company, he laughs on the edge of a bed. That's all he's ever wanted. And to be a cool, cool gangster image and uh yeah you know i god bless him we need more like him um yeah so uh the only other storyline is uh a little bit more phil new york uh phil and doc are eating at an italian restaurant doc takes the food off of phil's plate and phil's like i'm gonna kill you and then they kill uh doc santoro and cements his position you know as head of the wait no who killed them again uh, Phil did. Phil, Phil Leotardo. Oh, yeah. Who's the other guy? Uh, that they Doc showed. Santora. Doc Santoro. Doc No, but that's the, the Doc Santoro was the dead guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was who another. Was this the guy who has like the weird uh salivary issue that they showed at the end of the. He kind of looks like Beansy, but he's not Beansy. Oh, I don't remember. Okay, sorry. Someone will know. Yeah. Not me. Fuck that. Um. But, but yeah. So uh, no more Doc Santoro. He gets shot in the eye. He gets the uh, the Mo Green treatment. Um, and yeah, that's 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 the episode. Do uh, we have a favorite scene, least favorite scene, or something we forgot to mention, Vince? Uh, I think we mentioned a little bit. But yeah, my my favorite was uh, Polly laughing at the sitcom. That was, that really gave me a good belly laugh with that one. And then my least favorite, of course, uh, the the orderly selling ebay pictures of junior yeah what about my, you Dave? my least favorite was the entire poker scene because it is mm. it's just really weirdly scripted and yeah. shot to where you feel like you don't know what's going on yeah um, there's a, it makes a, you feel a, insane yeah it's a surreal surreality to it uh it's it's not fun to sit through and try to figure out uh, where your bearings are um yeah favorite scene is absolutely when that fucking doctor professor jordan peterson gets wailed on <laughs> checkers yeah. the thinking man's game <laughs> oh how the mighty have fallen oh no <laughs> my, my nuts <laughs> oh the consequences of my actions um yeah, I I love that man too. Sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was saying Burns. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, I think yeah. My least favorite is definitely like the eBay pictures. Um, and 
I think my favorite scene is um, that scene that you hated, uh, Dave, um, the one where none of them are Sopranos characters and the doctors are sitting around, mostly because they once again had a black character and decided to have him say, is it because I'm black? Which, uh, man, Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like problematic from the jump, and then the movie did not help any. No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a, a clip of that. I... Is he generally a troublemaker? Nah, he cool. Just got now to talk to him is all. That's a lovely watch you're wearing. Is that vintage? Must have been quite expensive. Why am I the only caregiver being interrogated here? It wouldn't happen to be because of the color of my skin now, would it? Thank you for your cooperation. You can go. Oh, Sopranos. I hate that Co- scene so much. Oh it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's so yeah. terrible. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah. Um, real quick, we learned a new word today. The Gabovafangul. Kekaron, uh, which is uh, loudmouth. Um, and, uh, it's got a bit of a onomatopoeia. It's a good, good word. It's a good word. I enjoy it. I use it in uh, the song. And uh, yeah, um, if I had to rate this episode uh, with a letter grade, I loved it. I'm giving it a B plus. Vince. Yeah, I think, like you said, not the greatest. Still holds up for what it is. Uh, in total, it's all B plus. All right, Dave. Yeah, I, I didn't like it at all, really. I mean, there were parts of it that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the guy getting beat up. Not my favorite Sopranos episode of all time and indicative of a lot of the problems of season six of the yeah. show. So I'm going to give it a uh, B plus. All right, mm. B plus, fair grades Bold. all around. S- solid, solid B plus episode <laughs> of The Sopranos and a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun Dave Schilling, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast with us. Th- thank me, yeah, absolutely. Uh, where can people find you uh, uh, on the on the street? Eh, well, not on the street. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't want to get kicked in the nuts like <laughs> Professor Brian Lynch. Yeah. Oh my nuts! Uh, oh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore Schilling. And uh, you could read my uh, style yeah. column in the LA Times every. Wow, I forgot so. about that. Yeah, yeah, big, big dude. News fancy guy oh god i almost forgot i was at a giorgio armani oscars party and who was there michael gandolfini no way did you say did you say what's up to him okay so my friend who was there she is a huge sopranos fan yeah and uh she's like i gotta talk to him uh i wonder if i could sleep with him and i was like i don't know he's like 22 and she's like no he's not that young he's 22 <laughs> he seemed he seemed really uncomfortable i think he was there with another son another from the sopranos because he was there with a very ruddy looking sicilian man with a huge head of hair and i'm like is that that's gotta be like bacala's kid or something like i don't know some one of them one of them had a child and now they're in hollywood that's, too that's gotta be like weston shirapa yeah, yeah, Weston. Weston. Um, gr- yeah, he was behind us for a long time, and I didn't notice. And then she's like, "Oh my God, there's Michael Jake." Michael I if I ever see him in real life, I'm gonna go, "Oh, cool, a hamburger," because that's my favorite line from Many Saints. A hamburger far out. Oh hell yeah, hamburger. <laughs> um. 
So read Dave Schilling's wonderful column uh, at the LA Times and follow him on Twitter. And thanks again for coming, homie. We love you. No problem. This was super fun. Patreon.com slash broadcast for all of the bonus episodes uh, where we talk about other things like uh, movies and shit. Um, the $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, we have some fucking names this week. Uh, can you believe it? I cannot believe it. That's unbelievable. Okay. So uh, we, we got a few. Um, the first is Grant Miller. Hey, we call this guy the Horace because he's uh, Horace Grant Miller. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's over there in the patrons. He's got the goggles on. He's rebounding. Gotta love old Horace. I gotta love Horace Grant. Love it. Uh, next is Gilbert Poor. Hey, Poor. Is this guy a poor guy? He seems more like a rich guy. Like if I was mm-hmm. a rich guy, yeah. we call this guy Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> That's the song. That's, I like it. That's where the song yeah. comes. Yeah. All right. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Before. If I was a rich man, I got you. Uh, next, we got Brett Baloo. Oh, Baloo. We call this guy the Jungle Book. <laughs> That's good. Jungle Book. All right. Um, all right. Next is Adam Gertz. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We call this guy my leg Gertz. Uh, no. Hold on. Uh, we call this we call this guy porno. Why he owns uh, that AdamandEve.com. Wow, I don't know. <laughs> you, you're still getting over winners. a head cold. <laughs> uh, all right, Adam and Eve. Uh, I was gonna, you know, you could also Amco, you know, because like Gertz like hurts, uh, hurts like rent a yeah, car. Yeah, Amco, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah, that yeah. was. Was OJ Simpson the the spokesman? Was it Avis or Hertz that OJ did the ads? I don't remember. I I only know him as a murderer. Yeah, well, you're too young. I'm too young. Before that, he Um, played football. He was uh, Nordberg. I I remember he He, was Nordberg, and then he did murder. On the Buffalo Bills. That's right. And I remember thinking, there's no way this guy could have done a murder. He's too hilarious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Finally, Mike. Kirshner. Oh, we call this guy Coach K. All right. Cool. I like it. Yeah. You know. Why not? Coach K and all of the patrons, thank you so much for your $8 donations. Uh, if you are uh, so inclined, you can go to patreon.com slash broadcast. Join the $8 tier or above and you will get your shout out. And don't worry for those of you who have already been like, hey, where's my name? Don't worry. We'll get to all of them. Yeah, yeah. We get to all the names. Everybody That's gets a terrible nickname. Everybody gets so on. Uh, Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. By the way, when are we oh. going to do that last uh, mailbag episode? We got all these uh, emails. We got all these. That's true. Yeah. The last mailbag episode coming up. I think, I don't know. We should do it like uh, fucking soon. Sweep. What about next week? When sweeps week. When is, isn't that May? Got me, man. I don't know why I know that. I've only been podcasting know. for 12 years. Is there a, a podcast sweeps week? That'd be fun. I hope so. For all the mid-season replacement podcasts. Right. <laughs> uh, good times. Anyways, Vince, what is the Google voice number? 
Alrighty-roo, everyone. We will have a mailbag episode coming soon. So why don't I just say right now, get your emails and questions in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. I am wide awake because Paulie is giggling. Sitting all alone and beaming, laughing at three's company. I can't spend my life with this chiacchierone. Watch him steal the buffet pastries. Marone, a voice inside me says, Hey, you gotta whack him now, Tony. I don't wanna recollect, I don't wanna take a trip down memory lane, Polly, and I don't wanna remember when. Cause every time I hang with you. You just will not STFU and I'm worried, Polly. And I don't want remember when. Yeah, bitch, this is fucking LMF flat flat. Fuck. Lying in my bed with that blonde skiffoozer. And I'm wondering what you're saying. Wondering if you are dry snitching So then I rent a boat And say let's fish together You told Johnny Sack that joke And you must now confess up Confess up forever bitch I don't wanna reminisce I don't wanna hear you tell that same goddamn story and I don't want to remember when Cause every time we're on the road You make the same old goddamn jokes And I'm going crazy No, I don't want to remember when I don't want to talk about When I was a little kid I just want to eat some gobbledygook just like this I don't wanna hear you talk About how much you liked my dad Yeah, I used to look up to you, Polly Now you just make me sad Yeah, yeah I don't wanna recollect I don't wanna play the tape back up in my head And I don't wanna remember when Cause even eating gotta go You're always talking like I should drool I'm gonna kill you, Polly No, I don't wanna remember when I wanna reminisce I don't wanna think about all of those stories No, I don't wanna remember Cause every time I think about you So I get pissed off, bitch It's stuck on my dick Lick on my nuts Don't wanna remember when A giant meteor is heading for Earth Gonna destroy it and maybe blow some stuff up Fuck, uh, 
to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.